0: Today I'm going to base my homily off of the second reading, which is somewhat rare for me to do. Our second reading is St. Paul writing to St. Timothy. This is the second letter that he's written to Timothy. Yesterday afternoon I got out in the New Testament and I thought, I'm just going to read the whole letter to give me the context. And I thought, well, I'm going to read the first letter first. So I read 1 Timothy, then I read 2 Timothy. And the reading today is the very tail end of 2 Timothy. So if you were to go home and read these letters, which wouldn't take that long. The first letter to Timothy is, depending on your font size, maybe about four pages long. And the second letter is about two and a half. So they're not that long letters. Anyway, in was reading the letters, I was thinking, wow, St. Paul is so amazing, utterly amazing. And, And he is amongst the apostles. He is phenomenal. He wrote half of the New Testament wrote half of the New Testament, his evangelical zeal was incredible, his holiness was incredible, the, the sacrifices that he made to evangelize the faith, to plant these seeds, to establish little parishes, and then get up and going to then ordain a priest, and then move on to do the same somewhere else. Utterly amazing. So at the end of the second letter of Timothy, what he's doing is he's giving Timothy all of these instructions about how to manage the church. Timothy is the bishop of the city of Ephesus, which is in western Turkey. So think of picture Turkey and go toward the Aegean Sea and toward Greece. And Ephesus was a really big deal in the first century. So he's giving Timothy all this counsel and advice, and by the end of the letter, this is where we pick up, where St. Paul is saying, you know, I've done everything that God set me out to do, and I'm preparing now to die. And by now, Paul might even be in custody in Rome. From Rome, he writes various letters to communities. He was arrested, and he ends up in Rome for a year or two or three before he's finally martyred there in Rome so as I'm reading through St Paul's life or reading this in these two letters that St Paul is writing to Timothy kind of to Timothy about how he should do things based on what Paul has experienced etc i'm relating to Paul as a fellow priest and i'm seeing so many similarities it's really remarkable from his time into our own time the difference being that St. That Paul is like the Tom Brady of, of Christians. He's like extraordinary kind of guy. And I'm, I'm just a, a middling high school football player sort of thing compared to his NFL greatness sort of thing. But what we have in common is that we both play the same game. Both, we both get this. We're both in the same line of work, if you will. But he's far more advanced than I Which brings me to this, my point. Spiritual anxiety. For the last, say, four or five years, I would say my one and only spiritual anxiety has been, I have other moments of, you know, confusion or fear or whatever it might be, but kind of this one overriding anxiety that I have. Um, And it was there before the last four or five years, but it's kind of taken over as the one is the thing is my own anxiety uh, about not fulfilling my mission in this life. I'm not worried about my death in the sense of uh, my final judgment. I I know that I'm not going to go to hell. I know that I I love the Lord enough to know that I've done enough in this life that he would know that. um, You know, I'm not going to go to hell. I would... If, if you said, you're going to hell, I'd say, no, I'm not. So, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to hell. And I know that, and the Lord knows that. With that said, if I were to die today, I'd go to purgatory. And I'd have no regret about that. I'd go to purgatory. Praise be God. Without purgatory, I'd go to hell. So it almost everyone. Because heaven is perfection, and no one gets into heaven without being perfect. But I'm not perfect, and so between my death and getting into heaven, something has to happen a purgation, a purification. And so I would need additional purification before I'm made perfect and ready to enter heaven. And that purification for me would be getting over my remorse, is what that would be. And I don't really care where God puts me in purgatory, whether it's high purgatory, called threshold, like the threshold of going into heaven, or I'm in great purgatory where the suffering is terrible and the great numbers of humanity suffer there, or the very lowest reaches, and the fires of hell can actually reach me into the lowest rung of purgatory, and demons from hell can actually attack me. I don't care about any of that. I really truly care. I'm at peace with all of that. And all of the people in purgatory are at peace. They're in gratitude for where they're at, because it's truth. It's where they belong right now. There's no more pride, or concealing, or hiding, or hypocrisy there's just the truth about who I am at this moment of my life before God. And I'm grateful to be where I am. And I give everything to God to move me along toward the beatific vision in what's perfect for me. What's perfect for me. I fear none of that. I have no anxiety about any of that. My anxiety comes in in knowing that when I'm done with purgatory and I get into heaven... And I see I see all about me Saint Paul and his light, just incredible, brilliant, shining light up there with the Blessed Virgin Mary and these other phenomenal saints, and I'm just kind of a, a 40 watt light bulb, you know, kind of thing. And that's where I'm gonna be for eternity. And I'll think to myself, but I could have been one of them. God had infused me with so much knowledge. So much that I knew and so many graces and opportunities that I could have been one of them. And I didn't take advantage of it. I had things that the Lord was calling me to do in this life that I didn't do. I didn't do because of my own vices, my lack of self-discipline, my laziness, my fear, or whatever it might be. I just didn't do those things, and so then I finally arrive in the eternity of heaven, with no end. Eternity, 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 and I'm a middle shining light. And I could have been one of the best, one of the greatest, one of the greatest. And so that's my spiritual anxiety is that I'm afraid that before I die, I will not have done all the things the Lord wants me to do. And I can give you a list right now of things that he wants me to do and has been wanting me to do for years that I haven't done yet because of laziness, a lack of self-discipline, maybe cowardice a little bit, these things. And I don't want to live like that. Not in this life, and in the next life. I want to bright, shine as brightly as the Lord wanted me to shine. A thousand watt light bulb, whatever it is, I want, I want that for eternity. So this is getting back to St. Paul. St. Paul knows now. He knows. He's, this, is, this is the end, nearing the end. He, he says that my departure is at hand. And what he means by that is under arrest and they're going to come for him now. And St. Paul isn't just going to go to heaven because he's going to get his head chopped off, which is what happens. Which, you know, if he was even kind of a, a low bar disciple of Jesus, but got his head chopped off for him, he'd go to heaven. No, he's in heaven because this man was extraordinary. And St. Paul, I'm going to re-read to you some of the things he says here, but he's a complete Peace complete peace with his death, with standing before the Lord, and what awaits him in paradise. And I want that peace. I want it too. This is what St. Paul says, which you heard a few minutes ago, but I'll reread the pertinent part here. Quote, I am already being poured out like a libation, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have competed well, have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, the crown of righteousness awaits me, which the Lord, the just judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but to all who have longed for his appearance. The Lord will rescue me from every evil threat and bring me safe to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. St. Paul has left his family. He was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was lashed. He said 30 whips within an inch of his life couldn't kind of He says, actually in these letters to Timothy, let alone his other letters, he names the disciples who abandoned him. I was with so-and-so, and he abandoned me. He says, there's this moment in which I was arrested by the mob, and the, my disciples, my, the Christians who were with me, the Catholics who were with me, They abandoned me. They disappeared into the mob and I was left all alone. Where where do they go? I'm all alone in front of all these people who are accusing me of being a hater and a bigot and all the things we hear today, right? And there I was. It was me, by the grace of God, having to stand for God, knowing that it would cost me my life. But I passed the test. I did it. I did everything he wanted me to do. St. Paul is a peace. A peace the world cannot give. A peace that only the Father in heaven can give. Ready to go home. He did everything you want. He did everything the Lord wanted him to do and more. I want to get there. I truly want to get there. I want to get there not because I fear my judgment or the pains of purgatory or the fear of hell. or I want to get there so that when I'm in heaven... I can shine bright. And there is no envy. There's no jealousy in heaven. There's no matter what wattage I am in heaven, I will not look on the others and go, I wish I would have. No, that's all gone. If there was any of this, then heaven wouldn't be perfect. And so when we get there and we're in heaven, it's the perfect place for us. And there's not a a second of remorse left in us. That's all gone. There's no envy. uh, There's no jealousy. There's no wishing I was there. That's all gone. We're complete and totally immersed in God where we're at. It's just that I still have work to do. So that my wattage will go from 40 watts to 100, to 500, to 1,000, whatever it is, before I die. And we're all going to die in the blink of an eye. It's so fast. This world is... Passing away, and we're going to be a tombstone marker someday that nobody will visit. It's all passing away so fast. And so, this is what motivates me it's not the fear of God. I think at times it can be. I know in the times in the past it was. I know for many of you, you're still kind of a baby, and the fear of God is what motivates you to pray and to come to Mass. Or fear that things will fall apart if you don't. But motivated by fear in some way. And that's a healthy place to begin. The first stage of wisdom, God says, is to fear God. That's where we all begin. And then as we begin to to seek to know Him, to seek to love Him, to seek to serve Him, then the motivation begins to transform from fear into love. It begins to be this thing where, God, I don't want to let you down for your sake. I don't care where I end up. For your sake, I've got things to do. People counting on me. So for your sake, Lord, I'll pray as you want me to pray. I'll go to bed when you want me to go to bed. I'll get up when you want me to get up. I will faithfully attend Mass on Sundays and the Holy Days. I'll go to confession frequently. I will pray my rosary daily. I will break open your word and I'll have spiritual reading every day. I will share the faith with others. I'll have that difficult conversation with my spouse or my children or my parents or my brothers and sisters, etc. Lord, I'm even willing to lose my job because what they want me to do is immoral. And I don't know where I'll go beyond that, but I I know that that's the right thing to do. All these different things for what? Well, for love of God. For love of Him who loved us first and prepared paradise for every one of us. And the idea that at the end of this life I don't want to have any regrets. I want to be like St. Paul, that I've poured myself out. There was nothing more I could have done And I know that paradise awaits me. What a beautiful, inspiring way to live. What an incredible testimony from the witness of St. Paul's life and the life of these great saints that every one of us can live that life. That he's giving us the grace with what little time is left for every one of us to let go of the world. To grab hold of the Lord. And then by his grace to transform our life. From those vices that we all have. To virtue. And ultimately to holiness. What a beautiful, wonderful thing. What a beautiful thing. So today I just simply continue on on my journey. Praying to God. Asking for his grace. To get those things done. That he wants me to do to make those further transformations with my life. And hopefully every one of us can say that. Hopefully every one of us will try.